Let's go ahead and dive into our message today. So, question for you. What is your favorite summer activity? Golf. Golf. There you go. Yep, what else? <laughs> golf, more golf. Fishing, motorcycle. There we go. What's that, boating? Okay, boating. I heard another one. Gardening, swimming. Yeah. What was that? The beach. Mm-hmm. Camping. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, a lot of those we love too. Um, we are big fans of swimming. I think would probably be our favorite right now. We love swimming as a family. Now, not, I don't personally love beach swimming and enjoying the beach as much as Meg. Meg can just hang out on a beach for hours, and I sit for two minutes, and I am done. I'm just done. I'm burnt probably, and that's it. Game over. But um, we love swimming in a pool. And what's my favorite thing and Miles's favorite thing to do but to jump off that diving board with the most impressive cannonball? Cannonball, okay? That is our favorite. Now, Miles and I have had quite a bit of practice in practicing our cannonballs, and we've learned a few things together. Well, you need a really good jump, okay? You have to start with a strong jump. Your form has to be completely on point. You can't, you can't get too wonky with the cannonball. You have to hit so maximum surface area hits the water, causing a good splash, right? And that's the proper water entry of a good cannonball. And then you can't, you know how like when you enter the water off of a diving board, you can like hop right out of the surface? No, you want to go as deep as you can, allowing enough water to swell up in the most beautiful splash you can imagine. But Miles and I have both learned one other thing. It's really hard to make a big splash when you're so thin. Really hard. You can try as hard as you are. If you don't have the density, you can't make the impact you desire. Okay? You can make an impact, but it's hard to make a big splash. And that's why you got to be filled up with the kind of stuff that sticks to your bones. And that's how you can make a big splash. And splash is our sermon series for the next five weeks, where we are jumping in cannonball style to go deeper in our faith, but not just for our own gain and growth, but so that the deeper we go, the bigger splash we may make, the stronger, more dense we become to make a splash that will impact everyone around us. This series, we're looking at Bible stories that include water or happen around the water and with water imagery. And when you, you know, water is something we sometimes take for granted unless we don't have it. And when you think about water, half of those, almost all of those water or uh, summer activities included some kind of water. Water's cool, it's refreshing, it's, oh yeah, also the source of life for plants and animals and humans. And water represents life. Those who follow Jesus know that Jesus is the true source of living water. He's the creator of life. And in him, our every need is satisfied. Our every thirst is quenched. And there's a lot of dry desert places that are longing to receive a splash of that life right now. So let's dive in, see how we might be able to do that. 
so that we can end the summer with a splash. And if you're counting, I think I'm up to about 30 water language puns right now. And um, I can't avoid it. You can keep a tally mark. I would love to hear the total at the end of this series. We're going to start with Psalm 1. Psalm 1 kicks off the Psalms, and it sets up the reader for one of the major themes of the entire book of Psalms, but, uh, but and, and it's one that's, it's where it contrasts these two different paths, okay? That of the faithless and that of the faithful. So that's what we're going to look at. Psalm 1, we're going to have the words on the screen for you. Um, and so you're welcome to turn in your Bibles there as well. If you use the Pew Bible, we just ask you to leave it on the pew so we know it was used so we can just clean it up. So you're welcome to use it. Just leave it on the pew. Don't put it away. Um, just channel your inner teenager and we'll be good. Okay, Psalm 1. Here we go. It goes like this. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or who stands in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. No, blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf it does not wither. Whatever they do prospers, but not so the wicked. No, they're like chaff that the wind just blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. God bless the reading of his word this morning. Psalm 1, it is a call to faith. It is a call to commitment. Now last week, we finished up our last series, Wait What?, with a challenge. The challenge that during this crazy time when everything seems to be on hold, that we choose not to hold but to plant to seek significant growth, to bear fruit in abundance for a world that needs our faithfulness now more than ever before. And this psalm here gives us a beautiful view of being planted in the right place in order to bear fruit. So when you break it down, what does it teach us? Well, great joy comes from faithfully obeying and following God. From, from uh, we need to be a very intentional and very careful about who we listen to and what has influence over us. See, what and who we are close to matters. We know that now more than ever when we can't come close to anybody, but the ones we are close to, they often are the ones that really matter the most to us, Right? our family, our closest friends, those we're comfortable being close to. What we are close to matters. Or as this psalm puts it, we drink up what is close to us. So think of it this way. When you are thirsty, I'm not talking just a little thirsty. I'm talking really thirsty. You get way less picky about what beverage is available to drink. You will be willing to drink almost anything the thirstier you get. I can speak from experience on this, because this summer I drank an entire can of LaCroix. 
I say that as someone who believes LaCroix is disgusting. And I'm shocked so many of you like it. I am shocked. I'm slightly appalled, a little offended. And you're offended I am bashing your LaCroix, but it is basically pop without the goodness, okay? That's what I view LaCroix as. And yet, I drank an entire can of LaCroix this summer because I was parched. I was playing outside with the boys. I was hydrated because I had a lot of water, and I was kind of tired of water. I'm like, you know what? That LaCroix sounds good. It has bright colors on the can. I guess I'm like a dog. I was attracted by something shiny. And I drank it because I was so thirsty. We drink up what we are close to. And the thirstier you are, the more willing you are to drink it. It's kind of like a plant. A plant doesn't choose what it's watered with. Whatever's in the soil, it's going to suck up. You could have a plant, and you could pour some Mountain Dew into it, which I do like, Mountain Dew. I'm also banned from having it in the house. But uh, you could pour Mountain Dew in the soil, and the plant isn't going to say, wait, this probably isn't good for me. This might lead to my withering and destruction, which it most certainly would. No, it would suck it right up. It would drink whatever you give it. Because whatever is close to the roots, it will absorb. Same happens with us, doesn't it? We often don't realize the immense influence that the people who are around us have, or what we read on a consistent basis has, or what we watch consistently, what we expose ourselves to regularly, have an incredible influence on our lives. And if it is an unhealthy influence, whether we realize it or not, it will begin to rot us from the inside out. And once we're filled with that filth, it often finds its way out through our interactions with others. And then we're not just being influenced by things that are wrong. We've become influencers of things that are wrong. I think you and I know a lot of this is going on in our world right now. There's a lot of nastiness out there, isn't there? We're tired of it. But if we're really honest, me included, we've probably taken part in it a little bit on our own as well. And that's why we're talking about this today. You see, the question is this. What are the influences we have right now in our life? Some influences you can choose and some you can't. You know, like, you can't choose your coworkers. And a lot of times, coworkers will be great. Sometimes, depending where you work and who you work with, it can be maybe not so great. But what are the loudest, the closest, and the most frequently heard voices in your life that are, whether you like it or not, influencing you? And are those voices moving you further along the path of righteousness or the path of the faithless? or the wicked, as the psalm puts. Because our desire is to be surrounded with influences that are encouraging us forward in the ways of unity, purity, and peace. And so what we're reminded of is something we have said before, we'll say it many times, what we feed grows, and what we starve dies. I've had some negative influences in my life, I've had some very positive influences in my life. There were some negative influences in the way of close friends 
but I ultimately had to eventually lessen my relationship with them because I recognized this is no longer good for me. I was changing in ways away from God that was not good. Did I love that person? Yeah. Did I value that friendship? Absolutely. But I recognized I had to lessen their influence on my life. We're still friends, but it's different, and I'm better for it. And I haven't removed myself from their life because I believe my presence in their life matters too. But what we feed grows, and what we starve dies. So are we feeding, in this season, are we feeding our faith? And are we starving out those negative influences and the ways of the wicked that are everywhere around us right now? The psalm has some bad news for us. We'll get to the good news, but the bad news is because of sin and its effects and its presence in us, if we are not feeding our faith, we don't just stay still. We start to drift away, okay? If we're not feeding and actively feeding our faith, it grows hungry and we start to drift further and further away from the source of life and truth. If we are not growing roots that go deep and are strong, then any influence can come and like a wind can blow us and move us away from him. Because what we starve dies. So if we are starving our faith, it is weakening, slowly dying if we're not feeding it. And if we're not feeding that, we must be feeding something else. So if we're starving our walk with Christ, our roots are weak, the slightest breeze may come and carry it away, like the psalm says, like chaff in the air that just moves and blows in whatever direction the wind moves. And we know there's a lot of stuff being thrown around in the winds of hot air in our world right now. That's the bad news. This is the good news of the passage. If we are feeding the right things, if we are starving the wrong things, then the psalm says that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf it does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. When you are planted by the water, and not just one stream, it says streams, you have abundant life, the source of life. When we are planted by the source of life, for us, God, our roots will grow strong in him. So the question is, are we feeding our faith and starving the negative voices and influences that have a foothold in our lives? See, when we are planted in God and feeding ourselves on his teaching and his truth, he starts to become that loudest voice in our life. And all that noise that's out there sounds like noise because we have clarity based on the truth which is found in his word. And we also find that we have God's power to navigate the difficulties of this world because the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. His path, his truth, his spirit, it will guide us and his path will bring us life in abundance. He'll bring us healing. He will renew our hope. He can renew our peace. See, LaCroix can't do that. <laughs> the imitation stuff can't do that. Not even Mountain Dew can do that. 
only the living water of Christ. As we feed our faith, it grows. And the more our faith grows, the more we delight in God, as it says in the beginning of our psalm. Delight is a powerful word, isn't it? Have you ever had someone say, you are delightful? It's like, oh my, that's a compliment. Put that in your back pocket and use when you want to make someone's day. Delight is a powerful word. It's filled with joy and expectancy. So do we delight in God's presence? Knowing this body, knowing you all, being in relationship with you all, I know that you delight in God's presence. I know you have drawn close to him. And I know there have been seasons where it's better and worse because that is the human experience, but I know you know what it's like to delight in God's presence. And I promise you, the more time we spend being planted in God, the more your delight for the Lord grows. The more we commune with him, the more we care about the things he cares about. And the more we do that, the more we realize our faith was never meant to be a selfish thing. It was meant to be shared. And as we go deeper, our reach, we grow. It goes further. As our roots grow down, our arms reach out. And we will be like that tree planted by that never-ending, always-flowing, filled-with-goodness source of life. When we have strong roots, a strong gust may come and blow us and try and take us away from God's path. But when our roots are strong, we will not fall down. We will have trouble in this world. The winds will come. They will be strong. And there will be times it may hurt. There will be times when things break. But because our faith is strong, strong in an all-powerful God, we will not ever be broken. We may take a beating, but we remain standing. That's who we are as people of faith. Resilient, strong, grace-filled delighters of the Lord who are called to be the positive, God-honoring, and so-needed influence in this world. So as we continue through this series, get ready to cannonball. Feed the right things. Name the things in your life that you are feeding and starving. And starve the things that need to die in your life. Grow strong in him by drinking deep of that living water of Christ. In just a minute, we're going to sing a new song. And while we're singing that, I invite you to remain seated. I want to allow you space to simply rest in the presence of God. The song, it speaks of the greatness of God, and as you reflect on the words and you pray with God, I want to encourage you to just pause in his presence and ask him once again, no matter where you are in your faith walk, once again to be the number one influence in your life. And then ask him the courageous question of, Lord, what am I feeding right now that I need to starve? And what have I been starving that I need to feed once more? And as you sit and breathe in the presence of God, I trust and believe you will experience his grace because he is gracious. He is not sitting there looking down on us with a frown. 
he is looking at us with a smile, encouraging us to come back towards him once more. So as you sit and breathe in the presence of God, may you remember and feel and experience that delight that we can have in our all-loving God. Let's pray. Gracious God, we deeply desire to be like a tree that is planted by streams of living water. And Lord, there are times when we feel discouraged or that we're not doing enough or that we're struggling our way through this life and we think, man, how can I even go on with this? And yet we believe because of your good word that you simply call us to rest in your love and rest in your presence. We believe, Lord, that you look at us and you say, you are my child with whom I am well pleased. So God, as we delight in your presence, we pray that you also empower us in your spirit. We know that's what the living water is after all, but the powerful Holy Spirit that was hovering over the waters even before creation. And that same power lives within us to carry us through whatever wind may come into our lives. So Holy Spirit, may you come and continue to fill us and fill this place as we rest now in your presence and feel that delight in you.